Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you that we can come here and learn more about you. And I pray um, that as Dan comes up, we can um, learn and walk away um, knowing more about you and being ready to tell others about you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right. Who here has ever uh, been on Facebook? I know it's been years since some of y'all have been on Facebook. That's so not in, so un, so dumb. I know. What's that? Um, and um, and some of you are, are so homeschooled, you'll you'll never see it for a couple of years. <laughs> uh, but um, Facebook, you see it, and it says it's like a a, a video, and it, it's a free shot. A lot of times, it used to be. Now you you just scroll to it, and it starts to run, and it's a guy that's doing. He's along like a a longboard go, going down a hill, and it, it just says, "Watch this guy skid on his face for half mile," and you're like, "Oh, I gotta see that." You know what I'm saying? It's like. Click, you know what? I'm, you know, that'd be disgusting. Click, and, and you watch it. All these, do, do, do y'all have y'all seen those before? Yeah, I mean they're there all the time. They're, you know, things that can shock us or, or all us. Now in the day and age that we live in, it's it's everywhere. It's all the time. Uh, we're gonna go back in time. So everybody, put your hands up like this. Go like this. Go like this. Now go. Okay, stop. Okay, we're back in 1896. We stopped just in time. Okay, that is 121 years ago. Okay, just just to let let you know, there, there, there's a man named William Crush. Now they didn't have just to let you know. Some of you they didn't have TV and stuff like that back then. The the internet was not. It was just a few more years before the the internet came into being by Al Gore the first. Uh, invented in 1901. Um, so 1896, way, way back. And this guy gets a great idea. Because there's trains, and trains, there were trains back then. They're run on steam, and, and they're big, and they're heavy, and a lot of weight to them. He said, man, what would it be like if we took two old trains? Because trains were, would be too old to run, and they would just put them in a trash heap. And he said, what if we, we built a track and had these two trains start on each side of the track, and we just ran them in? together as fast as we could. That would be sweet. Now, some of you right now are going, yeah, I'd like to see that. Yeah, where's that? Click. Let me see it. So, so this is it's what he does. He builds a track four miles long in the middle of nowhere, and he puts on this event for the state of Texas. It's a little bit about 30 miles outside of Waco and three, three, three miles east of West. West is the name of the town. I know. I read it twice when I figured it out. So, at, at this small little place, he builds this track, and it's in a, a lower spot where there's hills all around it so that the crowd can see it. And he says, this is a free event, and the trains around the world, they're trying to sell themselves around the world, the world at that time of Texas, because they thought they were the only place in the world. Um, they said, for, for half price, you can get a train ride to this place on this day, and they're going to run these two trains full blast as fast as they can into each other, and you can come see the wreck. Now, now over, they were hoping for a crowd of 10,000 to come to this event. Over 70,000, they, they, they believe, showed up on that day because they wanted to see, they wanted to click the button. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm saying this story because when I read the, the passage where we are to to Tonight, the phrase that kept coming to my head was unstoppable. 
that the church of Jesus Christ, not of Latter-day Saints, that's different, just to let you know, don't go in that one, that's different, we can talk more about that, but the true church of Jesus Christ is unstoppable. And when I thought of that, I thought, what in this world will we say is unstoppable? Well, you never really see a train get stopped a whole lot. It runs into something and usually runs through it and keeps on going for a while. Pretty much unstoppable. So I thought, man, what if we take these two trains and ran them together? That's pretty, uh, that's a crazy idea. So y'all want to hear the rest of the story? Here's a picture back from 1896 of the two trains on the track. Somewhere maybe, is it working? There we go. There's the two trains. Okay, so they took this shot. So this was their planned goal. They're going to start it at two points. They're going to start these trains to run, push them full throttle. They're both going on a downhill grade, and the guys were going to jump off. Crowd was all A. Now they pushed the crowd back. Here's, I think, some of the crowd here. You can't really tell because it's an old, old photo. So what happens is the trains start going. They're chugging, chugging, chugging. And they are meeting. Look at this next shot. It's right before the trains hit at almost the exact same spot. You, you see that? This, this guy did a real good job. Now, the trains hit. Now, the plan was, what they thought was, was that the, the trains would hit and go up. Now, they believed the trains were going about 60 to 65 miles per hour each when they hit. That would be a combined speed of 130-ish when they came together. When the the trains hit. They didn't do this. They did this. Now, in the train is a thing called a, bo- a boiler. So there was a big crash, and then there was this. Look at this next shot. An explosion. Now, if you look at these, these things, these aren't just like, like little dust things. These are huge chunks of the um, train, parts that were three feet or more long to, to speckled pieces. Um, one teenager was cut in half. Uh, a girl was hit by something so hard, they put her on the, the whatever train to go home, and she died on the way home. The guy that took the photo right here had a bolt go through his, his right eye, sorry, I was doing right eye, and lodge into his brain. He did lose the eye. He lived. And he went on to uh, make jokes about the, the bolt that had been taken out of it. So he was something, it was, it was, it was crazy. And so then... The guy who, who put this on that day by the railroad folks was fired. He was a, you know, you get that right. Now look at this next shot. This is the crowd after that crash, after, and, and debris, folks were pelted and hurt and wounded all throughout the crowd who were towards the front half of the crowd. The rest of them went on and went to go get parts of the train to take home because they thought it was cool. The guy was rehired the next day because it was such a successful event. Is that not crazy? I mean, I, I know we're, we're, we're pretty nuts nowadays, but they were nuts back then too. I mean, so, unstoppable force, that's what I think of. And when I, when I came across that story, I go, ooh, that's just a great story. I mean, everybody just needs to know about the, cra- the crash of Crush. That's, hey, yo, have you heard the crash of Crush? And they're like, is that like a Finding Nemo episode? I've not heard that one, but it sounds really good. Were they on that one little watery thing? Okay, so... This is what I want you to do right now. We're, we're in the book of Acts. We're still there in the book of Acts. We're in chapter 5. Very good. Y'all remember so well. Acts, Acts was written by one of the 12 doctors. That's right. And he also wrote the book of 
Y'all are on top of this all day long. So let's turn to the book of Acts chapter 5. We're just going to read a small part of it, and we're going to talk about a big part, big part of it. So we're going to be in Acts in 5, and, and Catherine, I'm going to read, start, start to read in verse 34, just to let you know. I'm going to ask you all to stand um, uh, and, and read along with me, not out loud, uh, as we go through this text together. Stand in honor of God's word. And here we go. But a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in honor by all the people, stood up and gave orders to put the men outside for a little while. And he said to them, men of Israel, take care what you're about to do with these men. For before these days, Thetis rose up claiming to be somebody, and a number of men, about 400, joined him. He was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean rose up in the days of the census and drew away some of the people after him. He too perished, and all who followed him were scattered. So, in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this, is, if this plan uh, or, uh, or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might be even found opposing God. So they took his advice. Let's pray. Dear God, once again, we just come to you. We thank you for your word. God, we need you here. Uh, I need you here. Uh, Lord, uh, just not even as we meet, but Lord, as the day as we leave this place, Lord, may we, may we be aware of you. May we seek you. May we honor you. Uh, but Lord, we just ask for you uh, to move right here, right now. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, have a seat. Do y'all remember in Acts 3? There was a story we started out in Acts 3. Do y'all remember Peter and John went to pray, and there's a man at the gate, and the man has something wrong with him. What was wrong with the man at the gate? Lame. He was lame, that's right. Lame means he couldn't walk, okay? And he had been lame, lame since what age? Birth. Birth. And how old do we believe that what the, the text say the man is now? He's in his 40s, so he's been lame for 40 years. He asks for money, and Peter and John have say, we have no money to give you. But what do they say they do have to give them? Right. They, they, uh, in, 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 but in the name of who? In the name of Jesus Christ. That's who. what we have to, to, to give you. Rise up and walk. He takes up his mat, and he walks. Then they preach to the crowd who Christ is and what he did for them. Then the, the leaders put them in jail. And they tell them, quit speaking in that name. Stop it, stop it, no, no. And then they, they, they let them go. So that's what's in Acts 3 and 4. And all of a sudden, we come here to Acts 5. And we've got past the story we're not going to go back to in the start of Acts 5 of some folks that weren't doing right in the church. And they purify the church. And all of a sudden, we see Acts 5 as a repeat in a lot of ways of Acts 3. So let's take a look at Acts 5, beginning in verse 12 is where we're going to be at, at if you want to look, if you want to read along some in your Bible as we're there. And so there's, there's um, and we're not going to read it all because there's a lot of text to read. So I'm just going to share through of it. Uh, but I'm going to start in it, if I can find it in my Bible, Acts 5 verse 12. So now many signs and 
wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles. So they're doing amazing things. And it says, and they were all together in Solomon's portico. None none of the rest dared join them, but the the people held them in high esteem. So they revered them. They, They knew God was doing something, something special was going on. And verse 14 is key here. It says this, and more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and and women, so that even uh, so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats, that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall upon them on some of them. The people also get, gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Okay, we see some crazy stuff right here. They say it says in the text that 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 they, they that the that miraculous signs and things were being done, and that even the shadow of the apostles, when it would go across those that, that were lame or sick, God's power was even used in the shadow that all were healed. Dude, that's crazy stuff. Would well, that not be crazy? It's what's crazy is the guys didn't get big heads and all of a sudden start to make money on their own and, and forget about God. These ones that were being used by God, they stayed stayed strong and um, they gave God all the glory and all the uh, credit. But point one is this: we see in the story and we saw in Acts three, God's power is re- 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 revealed. In in Acts three, we see it revealed when they say, "Hey, in the name of." Jesus Christ rise up and walk, and the guy hops up and walks. In Acts five, here we see that even in the in their shed, 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 shadow, as they walk by, God's power is revealed. Now, let me ask you something: Can God's power be real, revealed to, 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 today? I'm not talking about in China or. Ethiopia or some remote place. Oh, well, I think healings and things like that still occur there. I'm talking about here. Does that occur? Or, or the, the question would be, how is God's power revealed here? Because I do believe it's revealed here. I actually don't have a doubt in my mind that it's revealed here. And the way it's revealed here is in you and me living a changed life in front of a world where it makes no sense. You being different and set apart, all of a sudden, you, whether you've come back from camp or the edge or church or you were just having a talk with friends, and all of a sudden it clicked, this is what my life is going to be at, go, go for, and then you start to go that way, and some friends are going, hey, why, 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 why don't you, you want to come hang out? And you're like, man, I, I just not, don't want to be a part of that. You know, God's got something else planned. That's where the power of God's revealed today. We, we think, well, this stuff can't occur to us because, you know, no, it can occur to you all the time. It can occur to you every day. God's power is revealed, and it's supposed to be revealed in us. And then in the next, you know, in Acts 3, if we go back to that, the very first thing they do is this guy hops up and begins to, to walk and, 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 and praise God. They begin to preach the gospel. They begin to proclaim Jesus. So we see that God's power is re, re, revealed, and then we see the next step in Acts 3 and in Acts 5 is that Jesus is proclaimed. Now, we didn't use the name of Jesus once in the passage that I just read, but in, in, in verse 14, it says this, and more than ever, believers 
were added to the Lord's multitude, uh, to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. Listen, you can't be added to the, to the a group of believers of the Lord unless the gospel is presented. You can't, you've, the gospel's got to be presented, what, 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 whether it's, it's through um, my voice or somebody's voice or through a book that's read, the gospel's got to be presented. It's got to be brought in. So we see even here in the text, we know that Jesus is proclaimed because believers are added. Uh, once again, we see it follows the same pattern. Pattern Acts three, Acts five, Acts three. After they preached, the those that were in charge uh, uh, got mad, and they 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 took them and secured them in prison. Acts five, we see here in verse seventeen. If if you can turn there, verse seventeen, it says this. But the high priest rose up, and all who were with him, that is the party of the Sadducees, and filled with uh, jealousy, they arrested the apostles and put them in the public prison. Prison. Um, a little a, a lesson here, and you may know it. I think it's been taught here before. What's a sad you see? That's very good. It's a religious le- leader. It was a Jew, re- religious leader, did not believe in the resur- resur- resurrection of the dead, which means they don't believe in life after death. They believed that when death came, that life was over, and they didn't believe in angels or heavenly beings as well because how can those things be there if there's really no life after death? Really none of that exists. So you can remember that, and this is very important for even where we're at right here. Um, Sadducees, that's why they're sad, you see? You get it? Sadducee? Uh, Sadducee? Because for them, this life was it. They were going to do these things and, and live by these rules. And when their life was done, it was over. You're dust and you do not exist anymore and there's no more point. That's why they're sad, you see. Huh? That's pretty good. You won't forget it. You'll go, oh, I remember they're sad, you see, because someone stole their money. No. All right. So we see that God's power is revealed. We see that Jesus is proclaimed. And we see right here that the faithful are persecuted. The faithful are persecuted. The same thing occurs uh, in Acts 3. It occurs here in Acts 5. Now, uh, there's a big difference, though, here in Acts uh, 5 than in Acts 3. Because in Acts 3, they stay there. They're brought before the council. They're recognized as being ordinary, untrained men. But they know that they had, he, these, these men who spoke so well, they were stunned, they spoke so well, that they had been with who? Who had these men been with? Stay, stay with me. The men had been with Jesus. Yeah, just go to the sense going through. When in doubt, go with that, unless we're talking about Satan. Okay, very good. Now, there's a big change here because in verse 19, something occurs that I think is just fantastic. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said... Go and stand in the, t- the, the temple. Stop. The temples where the religious leaders, those that put them in prison, that's where they, they sort of live. Okay, so they go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. So also there's a, a, um, there's a, 
there's a big change here from the pattern we saw in Acts 3. But in Acts 5, uh, an angel comes. An angel, just don't miss this, that the Sadducees don't believe exists. Frees them in prison. If you read on from Acts 21, we're not going to go there, but they're like all confused of how they got out because it makes no sense to them. And then all of a sudden, these men are in, in their house speaking the gospel. And what's beautiful about it is the disciples don't go, mm, Mr. Angel, let me pray about it and make sure this is God's will for my life. It just says they go. And you go, well, if an, an angel with big wings and everything and glowing, and I was like, yeah, if this isn't me, I would probably do that too. And we don't know what he, he looked like there, but I think the Spirit of God speaks to us all the time. And the Spirit of God is much greater, much greater than an angel. Don't, don't, don't miss it. What God gives us, who, what God puts inside of us is much greater. Just get that co- concept right here, right now. And that can, can change the way that we live our life. Much greater. And they don't pray about it. They, they don't draw straws. They just go. In verse 27, it says this, and when they brought them, so they, they, they find them, and they're like, where are they? And they go, well, they're, in the, they're not in jail anymore. They're in the prison. And they're like, how are they in, how are they in the temp, temple? And they're like, I don't know. And they go, well, go get them. So, so it says that they go get them, but they don't get them by force, that they ask them to come with them. And sort of they, they, they bring them back because they're now terrified because somehow these men, there's something different about them. And so they bring them, and the men go back to the council. And it says, the high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly charged you not to teach in this name. Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Once again, the faithful are persecuted. Okay, the faithful are persecuted. In verse 29, Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. They go on to talk more about, about the Gospels. They just begin to preach. And I, I want you to get these points. Uh, God's power is revealed. We see that Jesus is proclaimed. We see that the faithful are persecuted, but then we see the persecuted are faithful. Okay, the persecuted are faithful. Now, you know, I talked about how God can be revealed in our life. Jesus can be proclaimed in our life. When we just talk about what he's done for us, to our friends, to our family, in a speech at school, wherever we are, that's where he's revealed in us. And the kindness that we show with words of who Christ is to someone who serves us when we go out to eat. It's, it's, it's proclaimed everywhere. And in many places that you go, when you start to talk about the name of Jesus, you will be persecuted. The faithful you will be persecuted. Just know that you will. And in those times are not the times when you go, nah, I, I tried, I tried. Those are the times when the, the, the perse- per, per, persecuted who you have become, that's when you're faithful. And that's when God really begins to move. Now, <clears throat> And, and it's this one statement that Peter, Peter says in verse 29, we must obey God rather than men. We must, okay, 
obey God rather than men. That, that's just something we we we, we got to go, okay, I want to I think of this verse every day when I wake up. And it, every time I'm confronted with a questions, this is what I'm going to ask myself. Am I obeying God or am I obeying men? Now, we're now going to get to the scripture where we read before um, because th- y'all now heard the backstory of what's occurred. And this, we're going to run through th- this part quick. Um, and I'm not going to read it all. I'm just going to read parts of it. We see a Pharisee in, the, in verse 34 in the, the, the council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law. Now, they, they, um, they said that uh, in books that were written after this guy died, he was so revered by the Jews that, that they said that when he died, that kindness and sincerity died with it, with him, that he was just such a great man. That, so, that, so they held him in high esteem. We find that in old writings. Now, um, so he, he stands up. Now, I want you to understand, he says some good stuff, but this guy is not a believer in, in, in Jesus. Jesus Christ. He says some good stuff, but he's he's not, at least not in this point. He may have become one, but he's not in this point. So he says, hey, there were these guys, and understand from when the Old Testament, when the last book of that was written to the New, there was 400 years of what they call 400 years of silence when God was quiet. No scripture was written. God didn't speak. And during that time, many men would rise up and say, I'm the Savior that those books talked about in the Old Testament. And I am going to lead you to God. And men would go, yeah, yeah. And they'd go before the Romans or whoever, and they would go, and they would kill that guy, and they would scatter, and they would be done. And this happened time after time after time. And here, he even talks about two of them uh, that, that had tried to do the same thing and said, hey, just like those guys, these guys, the plans of God are going to, we can't stop the plans of God, but the plans of men, like, like all the rest of them, it's going to fail just like all the rest of them. So in verse 39, it says, but if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God, so they took his advice. Verse 40 says, and when they had called in the apostles, they beat them. That's, that's, that's really nice, isn't it? They beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then they left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. Did you get that? They were beaten and they rejoiced because they, they, they were, why they were beaten? Because they were believers of Jesus Christ. And every day in the, in, in the temple, from house to house, they did not cease teaching and pre- preaching that Christ is Jesus, that the Christ is Jesus. Now, there's a video, and it's a little bit light-hearted video, but when I t- thought about something opposed to God, this clip came to mind, and y'all, as soon as you see it, you'll go, oh, yeah, I can see that. So, Jeff, you make sure we've got sound on, on this clip, and just sort of take a look, because this is what I think about what when the world goes up against God, this is sort of what it looks like. Matt, what are you doing? Uh, I got it. 
of you beneath me. I am a god, you dull creature. And I will not be bullied by that. Puny god. I, uh, I don't know if that's just the greatest clip to show right there, but it's just it's, when I think about how the world tries to, to really tries, it has tried in a thou, thousand ways to stamp Christianity out. God rises up in his way and, and shows that they're nothing compared to him. You know, when, when, when I, 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 I thought about this, I, I did a search um, and I thought about throughout history when the church and the people of God are persecuted um, for their faith, the gospel spreads like wildfire. Like, like, I mean, like it can't be stopped. And it only seems to do that when the church is being attacked. You know, in America, you don't really see it, you know, growing like wildfire. You don't even see the church glow much like a fire. It doesn't do, do, do in a lot of ways. There, there's some, there's some, that, some, some sparks here, there, things that go, but not in a way that you think, man, it really could. It needs it. We need it. Um, what, why, why is that? You know, the, the problem is, man, we don't like to give up the comforts that we have because it's going to cost you um, to reveal God's power in you. It's going to cost you pr- to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ, not just I believe in God, but pro- proclaiming the gospel. And because of that, the faithful will be persecuted, and the persecuted have got to be faithful. And we see that pattern in Acts. We see it all the time, I mean, all throughout Acts. This, this occurs all, I mean, Paul's getting the tar beat out of him every time it's once Paul comes into the scene here. The top countries that have the most growth of Christians since 1970, top cu- countries since 1970, the top two are Nepal and China, where it is illegal to talk about Jesus Christ, to share him, or to go to church. The top two. The next six on the list, the UAE, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Oman, Yemen, all in the Arabian Peninsula. Peninsula, the hotbed of Muslim control, where Christians are dying by the thousands, and it's growing like crazy. Why? Because the faithful are persecuted, and the persecuted are faithful. Man, if anything tonight, can we leave here and when we go home, not be so worried about ourselves and our day and our week? And can we worry about somebody else besides us? Can we pick a place that I just named and go, man, I'm going to at least pray for that, that place. At least I'm going to start for, for next week. I'm going to pray for them every day. That God will, will grow and, 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 and God will help them to persevere and God will help them to be faithful. Because it's, it's hard. When you're being persecuted, when you're being attacked, when it's, it's, someone is saying and when you get to college, it will occur going, you really still b- 
believe in Christianity, that, that old, old book, you believe that in today's day and age? Really? When they start to say that to you and in a classroom, you've got the choice to you can go, hmm, or you can go, yeah, yeah, I believe. And folks go, really? I thought, man, idiot. And you go, you don't know what God did in my life. If you want to talk about it, be glad to talk to talk. That is what we need to be ready for. That's what we need to pray for, the opportunities. And my prayer for you is that when you are persecuted for your faith, you and I, and I need the prayer more than you do, I think, will be faithful. Let's pray together. Dear God, we thank you so much for tonight. I thank you so much for your word and for your truth tonight. God, help us to be faithful. Lord, help us to pray for China. China for Nepal, for the UAE, for Saudi Arabia, for Qatar, for Oman, for Yemen, and the many, many more uh, where believers are risking life and freedom every day for you. And God, give us the courage to stand up, to speak up, to never shut up about you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, high, high school, make sure you sign that list and you grab a book um, and, and you read it before Sunday. All right, we're done.